Okay, so we're starting at the top of Nun Amad Aleph. Tanya, we learned in Abraisa. Again, we're just going back for a minute to that. Uh, what's the minimum share you have to go back to Shalayim if you uh, carried out uh, Kachim? Or if you have, remember, you have Chametz at home. Tanya, Abnas, and Aimez, Zevazek, right? So remember, originally the Machlekes between Reb Meir and Reb Yehuda, I think it was, was either a Kazanis or a Kabeya. But here we have Abraisa, Abnas, and says it's two Bayas, but Vlehud Lacham, the Cham did not agree with him. Now, once we talked about the uh, leaving the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael, or Yerushalayim rather, so now the Gemara is going to get into, it talks about in, in Zechariah, in, in Sefer Zechariah at the end, it talks about in the times of Mashiach and Gaigumagoig, the boundary of you, what's, what's going to happen to the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael. So, on that day will be, there won't be light, either Yekarais or Vikipa'on. So, my Yekarais Vikipa'on, what does it mean there won't be this type of light? Um, Rebbe Lazar, Zer, is talking about the light of the sun. That in this world, it's very, in this world, it's very um, uh, dear, right? Obviously, the light of the sun is the main light that we get. But in, in the world to come, we're going to have that or haganos, right? For Elam Haba, and the light of the sun compared to that is going to be um, um, minuscule. No, it's talking about mesechtas negaim and mesechtas aylas. They're very heavy, meaning very difficult in this world. But they're going to be very easy to understand in the next world. He says, These are people that are very chashav and held up to be great people in this world, but they are not considered so great in the next world. And then we have the very famous Maisa of Rabbi Yeshua Levi's son. He once got sick and he fell into a coma. So Kihadar, when he woke up, Amalei Avua, so Rabbi Shubhan Levi said to his son, my chazis, so obviously he understood that his neshama left his body while he was in the coma. So he wanted to know, what did you see in the next world? So Amalei, he said, I saw an upside down world. Right, those? So Pashup Shad, and I'll give you a shot from the Navi uh, afterwards, but Pashup um, Shad is, the people in this world that we look at as chashuv, in the next world, they're not so chashuv. And the people in this world that we look at as uh, the bums in the next world are very high. Why? Because it all depends on a person's kaychas. The guy who may not be a big tamachachim in this world, but he's reaching his potential more so than the guy who reckon, remember, reckon, remembers shas, but doesn't put a lot of effort into it. So I'm a lawyer. You know, you didn't see an upside down world. You saw a clear world. Yeah, that's the reality. But vanan hechiyasim. So but he asked him, what about... I mean, what about real tzaddikim in this world, right? Like Reb Chaim Kaniyavsky. What about in the next world? What do they say about someone like that? So, The same way that with Machshev, Gedoli Hadar in this world, they're Machshev them also just as much in the next world. I also heard that they were saying, right? Fortune is somebody who chazed what he learned so that when he comes to the next world, he is... Um, he remembers everything he learned. I remember my Rebbe, Rebbe Hachberg, always used to say that you can have 40 days to say over everything you learned. So he said, how many people are going to last 40 days? <laughs> he used to say, how many guys are going to remember enough learning that they're going to last 40 days, you know, to say it over? Shemadi Shoyam, I also heard that they said, those that were Haruge Machas that the Romans executed, they have a special place that nobody could enter that place. So the Gemara says, who are they? Who are these Haruge Machas? You can talk about the The problem is that that, that, that memra seems to say the reason why they get the special place is because they have Haruge Machas. But that's not true. These were, tan- these were Tanoyim. The reason why they get a special place, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi, U- Rabbi Yudam and Bava, all these people, why they get a special place is because they were Tanoyim. More, yes, they were also Haruge Machas, but they were also tremendous Sadiqim. So, Vasulai, Mishum Haruge Machas Vasulai, that's the only reason they get a special place. El Haruge Lud, right? The famous story of Haruge Lud, which is the Roman emperor's daughter was found murdered in the city of Lud, and he said if the murderer doesn't come forward, he's going to wipe out the whole city. And these two guys who were innocent, 
uh, basically confessed to the murder to save the city, and he tortured them for days and days, and eventually they, came, they died, and basically they got a special place in Gan Eden where nobody could, could touch them. But could, could get, get, get near them. But Yomahu, on that day, another pasuk from Zechariah, but Yomahu yiyam etzilus asuz kaidesh l'ashem. On that day, the metzilus of horses will be kaidesh to Hashem. My metzilus asuz, what is this? So a couple of shot them. I'm Rabbi Shubh Levi. Also, HaKadosh Baruch Hu lo yisvah Yushalayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to expand the boundaries of Yushalayim. Atsha asuz ratzu meitzel. So basically, here's what happens. In the morning, if you look at an object, like a horse, but anything, it casts a shadow. When is there no shadow under, the, un, under a horse, under a person? By midday, right? When the sun is directly over you, there's no shadow. So from the time it takes from when a horse casts a shadow in dawn until the shadow is underneath it at noon, the distance that a horse could run from dawn to noon, that's the, how much the boundary of Yushalayim is going to be expanded. So from uh, No, it means metzilas are the decorations that they had on the horse's, on the horse's head. And those decorations are going to be removed, those bells, and they're going to be donated to the base of Megdash. That all of the treasures that Klai Yisrael will capture in the War of Gagamagag, it's going to be so much uh, spoils that it's going to be like the equivalent of what a horse could run from dawn until, until noon. That's going to be uh, uh, made hectic. According to the one who said that it means that Klai Yisrael is going to capture a lot of Silver, gold, and silver. So the pasuk says at that time, the cooking pots, right? The pots, not the bowls that that were used for that avodah, but just the pots that you cooked hevdish in are going to be just like the bowls. The bowls, which are fancy silver and gold, so the, the cooking pots in the base of mikdash are also going to be that. Which means obviously there's a lot of money, right? So that makes sense. There's a lot of treasure, so there's that you can make pots out of gold and silver. But the one who said it's either the bells from the horse's head or the one who said that he's just expanding the boundaries of Yishalayim, what, 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 what is changing about the pots? So the Gemara says, according to them, the Pesach is saying something else, the Yisrael is not being amazing. The Kali is going to become very rich. So in general, whether it's from Gog or Gog or not, Kali is going to be so rich that the pots that they use to cook Hegdish in uh, Kachimin are going to be from gold and silver. Another part of the pasuk is good, according to the one who says that they're going to get a lot of, they're going to capture a lot of treasure. The next pasuk says, There won't be any more merchants. Kanani here means merchants. In the base of Hamikdash. We'll see in a minute how we know Kanani means merchant. But according to one who says it means one of these other things, What's the connection, right? So the next pasuk says there's not going to be any merchants. Now if there's so much money in the Beis Hamikdash, right? Everyone got so rich that they donated a lot of money to Beis Hamikdash. So you don't need merchants anymore to invest the the money of Hegdish because Hegdish has so many endowments. Lahavdil is like Harvard. Harvard doesn't need to invest their money. Their endowments are millions and millions of dollars. So Lahavdil, but the Beis Hamikdash can have so much money they won't need merchants to invest their money for them. But according to the other two pshatim, what's the connection? So Rabbi Yirmiyah ain't kanani. No, kanani is a contraction of the words ain't kanani. That no one's going to be poor. How do we know Kanani means a uh, merchant? It says about Yehuda, it says that Yehuda, right, when he goes and marries, he marries the daughter of a, of a Kanani. Now, my Kanani, what does Kanani mean? Elam Kanani, Mamish, you're going to say it means that he went and Mamish married the daughter of Kanani. It doesn't make sense. Because Efshab Avram, Israel, Yitzchak. Avram sent uh, Eliezer all the way to Charan to find a wife because he was mocked, but he shouldn't marry from Kanan. And Boyaz of Israel is Yaakov. And Yitzchak sends Yaakov away and he commands him, go to Lavan to find a wife. Don't take a wife from Canaan. The Yehuda is of Nelson. Now Yehuda is going to go and marry a Canaani woman. So obviously Canaani doesn't mean actually Canaani. Eller Shemel Lakish Bas Gavra Tagra means he was a chash of a merchant. The Chsiv and how do you know 
further that Kenani means merchant. Maybe it means, I don't know, maybe it means a banker. Maybe it means an accountant. That this Kenan guy has in his hand scales that, that cheat people. So who goes around with scales? Merchants. Merchants are the guys that carry scales. So that's how you know Kenani means merchant. It says the traders were princes and then another form of trading. Merchants, it's were Chashua people. Okay, then the last pasuk uh, at the end of Zechariah from the end of Aleinu. So we're going to uh, hack on the fact that it says only on that day Hashem is going to be one and His name is going to be one. Well, hold on a second. Hashem is one right now. So, Hashem is not one today. So, nowadays, when you hear good news, you say, If you make one bracha, when you have bad news, you make a different bracha. Everything is going to be good news, and therefore you're only going to make one bracha. Is nowadays God's name not one? Right? We don't pronounce the Yud Kei the way it's written. We pronounce it like the Shem Avnas. It's all going to be one. So actually, the way we pronounce Hashem's name is going to change in the times of Mashiach. Rav thought about teaching people the way that Hashem's name is pronounced in one of his drashas. So an old man, which usually means We just had this in, in, in Pasha Shmais, right? Yaakov, you learned this. Hashem says, this is my name forever. But La'aylam is written without a vav. So the, you could also read it, La'aylam, to hidden. So his name is meant to be hidden, meaning you shouldn't pronounce the way that it is written. Rabbi Avino Rami, right? So it says, first of all, that this is my name, that it should be hidden. And then it says, but this is my name, Zechri, this is how you should mention it, from every generation. So it sounds like you should mention it the way it's written. My name is not pronounced the way it's written. Right? The one way it's, it's pronounced is not the way that it's written. Okay, the next Perek is going to have a halacha and also got it to relate it to Minhakim. So Minhakim is going that's a famous concept and we don't try to change uh, uh, um, the way that, that, that we have a custom. Now, the basis of this is really from the Malachim. When the Malachim visit Avram, they go and eat, even the Malachim don't eat. Why? Because when they buy Avram, the minute of the place is that you eat. When Moshe goes to get the Torah and he stays with the Malachim, Moshe doesn't eat for 40 days. Why? Minigah, the place where you are, that's where you follow. So we see from those two stories that we follow the minigah, the place where you are. So so with that introduction, Zak the Mishnah, so from the place where there was a minug to do malacha from uh, up until chatzais, oisin uh, we do we do um, we do we do malacha. Now the gemara is going to ask, why do you have to tell me at chatzais? I know you can only be talking about at chatzais because we'll see that from chatzais and on, every you're never allowed to do malacha on on erev yantif, okay? Because on erev pesach you're busy with the carbon pesach, and if you're busy with the carbon pesach, you're not supposed to be working. Makam Shinagu Shalalas is a place where the Malach, where the Minig is not to work, and you don't do work. Let's say you go away for Pesach, and you go from a place where they do work to a place where they don't work, or from a place where they don't, where they do, where they don't to a place where they do. You take the Chumrah of the place where you're coming from, the place where you're going. So basically, you can never, you can't do work, even though you're going to a place maybe where they are. And then the Gemara says, well, Yishna Adam, don't change from the local custom of their Machlakis because of Machlakis. So the Gemara is going to ask, 
I don't understand. But if you're going to a place where they, where they, where they do work and you're not doing work, so you're making machlokes. That's exactly what the Mishnah says not to do. Gemara will ask that question. Let's say you are carrying uh, uh, fruits from Shvias. Now the Allah of Shvita is that you're allowed to keep it in the house as long as it's available for the animals in the field. Once it's no longer available for the animals in the field, you have to do beer, right? And we know this from our esrogen. We have to put the esrog outside of the house, right? After, after it's not available anymore. So the question is going to be, what happens if I go from a place, a city where it's not available to a place where it is available? Can I keep it in the house? I switch a place where it is or isn't available. You still have to do beer. Go out and bring for yourself. Um, which means, you know, the Gemara is going to explain what that means. Okay, so the Gemara now wants to know on the Kasha that I told you, why are you telling me specifically, every place, not just on Erev Pesach, from Chatzois and on, you're not allowed to do Malach on. Erev Shabbos and Erev Yantav, you're not allowed to do any Erev Shabbos and Erev Yantav, you're not allowed to do Malach from Chatzois and on. So why are you telling me, Ad Chatzois? Obviously, you're talking about Ad Chatzois. The Tanya, how do you know that? that? That's the case by other Shabbos and Yantav. The Tanya, you're going to work from Michal Gedoyla, which is 30 minutes after Chatzois. You're going to work from Michal Gedoyla and on. You're not going to see a Simen Bracha. So the Gemara says, Hasim over there, Yeah, but it's only from six and a half hours into the day. But what about the half hour from Chatzois until Mincha Gedoyla starts? Are you allowed to? So over there, you would be allowed to. When other Shabbos and Yonav, you'd be allowed to. It's teaching you by Pesach, you're not allowed to. Why? Because again, because Pesach, you're busy from the, from the what? The Mishnah is talking about Vuh Chatzos. Mishnah is talking about Vuh Chatzos, but the Gemara wants to know why you're saying Why are you saying the words Ad Chatzos? It's always Ad Chatzos, because from Chatzos and on, you can't work. So the Gemara now is saying, no, only on Pesach from Chatzos and on, you can't work. Other Shabbos and Yontif, you could work after Chatzos until Mincha Gedal. Right, you have another half an hour. Okay. another We don't stop you and we don't put you in Cherem. But on Erev Pesach, if a guy is working after after Chatzos, we are going to put you in Cherem. Gufa. From Micha Gedal and onward, Uba Matzah Shabbos, and in a place where the Minig is not to do work on Matzah Shabbos, Uba Matzah Yom Tov Matzah Yom Kippurim, or again, places where the Minig is not to do work at these times, Machal Makam Shiesham Nidnur Avera, or any place where there is some sort of Mamashas of an Avera, La Suye Tanisibur, which comes to include a Tanisibur. Now, again, Rashi clarifies this is not talking about Shavasa Vatamas over here. This is talking about the Tanisibur that we said in Masechtas Tainis that they declare when there's no rain. So, right, there's a series of fasts, you remember this from Masechtas Tainis, a series of fasts that get more and more severe. When they get super severe, you're not allowed to do malacha on certain one of them, right? It's so severe that they're davening in the streets, in the middle of the public square, and you're not allowed to do malacha. So that's what it's talking about. Those times, you're not going to see a simen bracha from the work that you do. Okay, there's a guy who is proactive and he is rewarded for it. There's a guy who is proactive he, and, and uh, he loses out. There's a lazy guy who's rewarded. There's a guy who's lazy and he loses. Zaruz Viniska, who's a guy who's, uh, who, who's very active, proactive, and he's rewarded. Right? He works every day, but he doesn't work on Arab Shabbos. So he's rewarded for, for resting. What's a guy who's 
proactive, very active, and he loses. David Kuli Shabsev Avid, Bamali Shabsev. Also on Erev Shabbos, he works also. So he's a guy who's not rewarded for the fact because he doesn't stop to Lekavit Shabbos. Shavol Veniskar, who's a guy who's lazy and is rewarded? Delay Avid Kuli Shabsev, Bamali Shabsev. He doesn't work a whole week, he doesn't work on Shabbos. So even though he's not working on Erev Shabbos, it's not Lekavit Shabbos, but nevertheless, the Gemara is saying he gets rewarded. Shavol Venifsad, a guy who's lazy and loses out. Delay Avid Kuli Shabsev, Bamali Shabsev. It's only on Friday he wakes up that he has work to do. The women of the city of Mechoiza. Even though they don't work on Erev Shabbos. Women, right? They don't like work in general. They stay at home all day. Right? They're called lazy and they still get rewarded because at the end of the day they're not working. Rava Rami. Rava says a stira. It says, it says in one part of Tehillim, that Hashem's chesed is up until the Shemayim. And then it says later on, from above the Shemayim. Right? So the difference is Ad Shemayim means that within the boundaries of nature Hashem is going to do chesed. Me'al Shemayim is Hashem is going to break the boundaries of nature and even miraculously He will do chesed to you. So which one is it? So the Gemara says, somebody who does the mitzvah lishma, he gets rewarded and chesed from Hashem, even if it means going against nature. But somebody who does a mitzvah lishma, yeah, he gets rewarded, but he only gets rewarded within the confines of nature. Somebody who is hoping for his wife to make some money. Now we'll see here, it doesn't just mean a guy who's sitting and learning, and it means his wife is doing certain types of jobs. He's not going to see a simen bracha. So, what does it mean that it means maskulta? Like she goes around for, with a scale. So basically she's like a, I call her an hourly worker. Okay, she's going around looking for other people to hire her to use her scale. So, what does it mean earnings from a mill? It means, again, that, she, that he has a hand mill to hire out. But if his wife is the owner of the business and she's producing and she's a wholesaler or a retailer, then right? we say in she makes a cloak and she sells it. So if she makes and sells it, then she's going to be successful. But if she's like dependent on other people like an hourly worker, it's not going to be a simabracha. And also they say that like she's has to degrade herself and potentially expose her arms through the course of working. But the idea is, if she's able to do a pitzino, again, it's a beggar, a simen bracha. Somebody who, who makes a living by bekonim is reeds and bekonim is jars. So the idea is, like, this is a guy who's a lumber guy. So the, the thing with the lumber guy is, people just see, oh, the guy's got... Because his merchandise is very big, it's not like diamonds we can stick it in a pocket. So there's a, 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 a um, perspective of I, I and Hara. Why? Oh, look at the guy. He's got a warehouse that's six blocks long. Now, it happens to be that that guy's warehouse is six blocks long because a two-by-four is bigger than a diamond. It doesn't mean he makes more than the diamond guy. But the idea is perception. So a guy who sells... Uh, um, um, lumber or jars. Because he has a lot of merchandise. It's big. It's bulky. And therefore, there's an ayin hara. Tan Rabbana, Targei Simto. People who sell in the alleyways in the public. Umegadli Madaka, People who raise small animals, which go and eat in other people's uh, uh, fields. V'kaitse Ilanis Taiva. Somebody who cuts down good trees to sell for wood. Somebody who always, whenever he divides up the challenge, he always takes the best, the best portion or the best piece of kugel. He's not going to see some bracha. My time at the toba inche, right? Because people despise such a guy. He's always looking out for himself. For 
uh, uh, coins that you earn are not going to have a simabracha. What are they? A, a, this, the payment that you get for writing Sifrei Taira, Tefillin and Mezuzahs. If you make money for explaining, interpreting the drasha on Shabbos, again, that looks like you're working on Shabbos. If you make money for managing the estates of orphans, but here it means you take 50%, like you take an unreasonable amount, an excessive amount for managing their affairs. And a guy who is... Uh, uh, he ships things from China. So we're talking about, I guess, at a time when there wasn't insurance that could cover it, right? So basically, the guy was always at risk that if he loses one ship, you know, it, it could really severely impact him. I understand why is not good. Looks like you're making money on Shabbos. When you excessively charge orphans, it's not good. Because it can't be Michael. You're taking more and they are not capable, they're, they're katanim, they're not capable of being Michael, you that extra money that you take. Right? Not every day is a miracle going to happen. One day the boat's going to sink or pirates are going to steal the merchandise and you're going to be out money. What's the reason that you're not going to get a simit bracha from being a cipher. The Anshe Knesset fasted 24 fasts. For cipherim, that they shouldn't become his ashru, they shouldn't become rich. Right? Because we're running out of people to write Philem Mezuzas because they're gonna, the, the people who do it and know it well are going to become wealthy. Now, Tanarabonon, that's Koisfei Svarim Philem Mezuzas. Hey, Metagrahim, Metagrahim, Metagrahim. Everyone who's got their hand in the business, anyone who does the Lashem Shemayim, a guy who sells Tchelis, so here's the key factor, here's the caveat. If you do it because you want to make a lot of money, so then when you made a lot of money, you're going to, you're going to get lazy and not work as hard, so then it's not going to be a Simebracha. But if you do Lashem Shemayim, so even if you make a lot of money, you're still going to continue to write, so then you'll see a Simon Bracha. So now a couple of customs, and we, we, we'll stop. So this is basically, the Gemara Shabbos says that you're not allowed to go on a boat within three days of Shabbos. However, the Gemara there gives an example that you're allowed to go from Tzur to Tzidon, to Tzidon on, uh, on Arab Shabbos. It's a very short distance. So Baishan, which was a city near, near Tzur, they wouldn't even go to Tzidon on Arab Shabbos. Now the children came to Rabbi Yochan, the descendants of these people who were original, originally adopted the custom, and they said to Mavasanafshalhu, our fathers made enough money they didn't need to do it. But we need the money. We need to, we need to go and make this trip on Ev Shabbos, but we have the minug. Could we, could we uh, not abide by it anymore? No. Sorry, you got to keep it. Stop it.